All right, welcome to Meathead Chatter. I am your host, Dan. No Preston this week, uh, but we do have a super special guest buddy of mine, Mr. Cody Robbins. Hello, hello. Well, I am a little pissed that we did not have the podcast running earlier, because we were <laughs> talking about potty training cats and uh, litter robots and stuff, so y'all, y'all missed out on that. But uh, it was pretty good. It's pretty good. Well... Um, as some of y'all may know from last week's podcast, Cody was hosting and the meat director for a powerlifting meet at the gym we go to last week, and it was it was pretty awesome, man. Talk to us a little bit about. So you've been doing like meat director for USPA, USPC, like a number of places. Like, how did you even get into that? Um. Really, I I think how most people get involved. And one, I didn't know you made a podcast. I gotta go look it up. Oh you made yeah, one about the meat. Um, so Cody was on one of my old podcasts. <laughs> Can't remember what it was. Strength protocol. Strength protocol it was like twenty episodes. You were in one of them. Yep. So, yeah, it's been a minute. So yeah, we gotta get get back to it. Refresh. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I think like most people get started in it. Um, you just have a passion for lifting. You have a passion for being involved in the community and you want to find a way. Um, and I know not everybody has this mindset, but I think any genuine person has this mindset. Uh, how can I give back? How can I be more involved? Um, those types of things. So it was probably what, six, six ish years ago, give or take, maybe a little more, um, that I just got involved. We reached out, Justin Jackson and I both together were like, how can I reach out uh, and be more involved? So we got with USPA, there was hardly any meets in Indiana at all. Mm -hmm. I think NASA. I remember that. It was like, it was nothing. Yeah, NASA ran a meet in Kokomo. Um, USAPL maybe ran a meet down at the Iron Pit Gym in Bloomington. And and that was was about it. Yeah, I was going to say. One year, so. Nothing was in here. USPA wasn't here. There was no referees. There was no nothing. So we uh, we stuck together, thought, you know, we both had different relationships with, with lifters and the community, and we just went for it. And then eventually uh, I just started networking and contracting with new gyms, reaching out to people, building up the ref staff. and Because um, USPA in Indiana is by far the biggest organization now in Indiana, right? Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Like I got up to the point where I was running, at one point in time, eight-plus meets a year just in Indiana. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, this is too extensive um, to ask the referees to keep calling off of work on Fridays, to come do weigh-ins, to right. help out and do all that. It's not really fair. Everybody needs to have their own individual, you know, separate life from work and even their hobbies and things like that, things that we do for passions. So I was like, let's try to do quarterly meets, but do one right. drug tested and one tested. That way they're on the same weekend. They're on, obviously, Saturday, Sunday. And you guys started doing that, what, like two or three years ago? Because I, I remember noticing, like, oh, there's Saturdays, you know, uh, non-tested, Sundays, yeah. drug tested. I'd say about two years ago I decided yeah. to change that, yeah. That's smart. So that way it's just a little easier for everybody time-wise, but we still have the same volume. So if you look right. at it as separate meets for tested, separate for non-tested, you know, uh, it's total of eight meets a year if we do it every quarter. Right. So well, I was still and if you're doing it every quarter, anyway. like, I imagine it's it's easier to get them more filled up, too. Because if you had eight separate meets a year, I, I imagine people kind of, like, 
you get maybe like 30 people or 40 people meet instead of filling out 60 every time. Is that the case or is that not the case since you're doing um, both the tested and non-tested? Yes and no. Um, event, or in the beginning, especially with that particular federation at that time, um, in the beginning, non-tested was the most popular. Right. That kind of shifted to where tested was more popular. And I think the biggest draw was everybody wanted to do nationals, tested nationals. Right, right. And that was the big thing. So everyone wanted to qualify. Everyone wanted to get their their total on the board so they could sign up for that meet. So that was a big driving factor. So it eventually shifted to where we had at least – 40 lifters for non-tested. Right, that makes sense. But we would always sell out for non-tested. And that's kind of when I left. That's kind of where we still were with that um, in that regard. And, I mean, I think it's just locally, everything that was going on, nationals was always a big deal for people um, or for the lifters, I'll say. So that was a big motivating factor of how to strategically or logistically plan those out. I remember – what so I – what, 2016 is when I started doing like USPA meets and then uh, just because I did, did worlds that year but the uh, the following years I remember you started getting uh, Waffle House as a sponsor oh yeah so that's why I kept doing USPA meets <laughs> so where, where are they at with the USPC meets man so, tell them to get on board I'm, well, I want a burrito yeah so that's the thing <laughs> uh, first of all shout out to Waffle House uh, and Chris Tucker he's really my my main contact there. He's one of the – he's the VP. Um, he's in Kentucky now. He used to be local here. Oh, okay. He does travel because he, he manages a lot of different uh, Waffle House facilities all across in Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, and I'm sure he's got other places that, you know, I'm not familiar with. Right. But he kind of stays more local since he's here. Um, but with, obviously, COVID – I am a big fan of using local sponsors. Right. Everybody has their own mindset. You know, there's a lot of people that, you know, they want big names. They they want that for their meets, for the flashy right. appeal. Um, I'm just more of a, you know, community localized aspect and nothing to take away from big companies because there's a lot of owners and people that are doing these for the right reasons. They're awesome people that have great right. families and concepts and morals. Um I just like to build connections with people in my backyard. Um, And a lot of those people are small businesses. And when COVID hit, all of that changed for a lot of, a lot of us. That makes Uh, sense. You know, and I own several businesses and they're small businesses as well. So um, like the Waffle House contract and all that kind of stuff, they actually shut down like 60% of their buildings during COVID. Oh, wow. Okay. And some of them never reopened. Um some of them, a lot of them did, but some of them didn't even reopen. So they just needed time, just like everybody else, to gain traction, get back I feel on like their feet. I love Waffle House, so Waffle House people don't take this <laughs> the wrong way. But I feel like if you eat at Waffle House, you got to be like immune to COVID, right? So like, why would you have to even close them down? Like, like I feel like if you eat at IHOP, you're like in danger because you're used to like clean stuff and like silverware yeah things but waffle house you should be good man right well, i love being some they, waffle house you gotta deal with the it's the like the, mo- the regulations movie, though. the movie theater sticky floor like that's waffle house i love it yeah well you gotta think most waffle houses are small and i don't want to speak for them because i don't really right. know but just to speculate if they're going through guidelines where they say well you can only be half uh, right quarter occupancy well how big is is a waffle house you know as far as filling uh occupancy can they fit 
20 people in there right. and they fit 30 people in there some of them are pretty small and then to space them six feet apart i mean right. some of them i'm sure it makes no sense to even be open right. for revenue purposes and i feel like um too with with the way the unemployment benefits were going for a while like shoot i love fazoli's my fiance i mean we love fazoli's i don't like going through the drive-thru for fazoli's like i want to go into to the dining room and eat uh-huh. the one in lafayette where we're at their dining room is closed because they can't get people to work. Like, and I wonder if that was probably a big piece of it too. I think that's a big piece everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you look anywhere like a like restaurant kind of industry service sucks right now just because no one wants to work for yeah. like server wages. And yeah, I you get gotta, that. Yeah, you, I mean, you got to think, especially with the federal assistance. And I know mm-hmm. this isn't. Lifting related, but we're oh, talking shit. about business and all that, this, so we'll group it all together. But the, uh, this podcast, I like to say, is is like uh, when you're chilling with your homies at the gym between sets, just talking shit about whatever. Uh-huh. That's essentially what this podcast is. Gotcha. So this I, is totally well, so that we'll kind be of real. Thing. This is real life scenarios and situations. But um, you know, I I think that once you're making below a certain amount with the federal assistance that unemployment had, plus the unemployment, some people were making a lot more than they were making from working. So yeah, it made no sense. Number one. And then once people get in a routine where they're not doing their daily routine of clocking in, clocking out, getting back to it sucks. You don't have the motivation to want to do it. You're like, I'm going to find something else Mm -hmm. out. I want to take an extra month or two off and and remain where I'm at. So I think that's what happened. And I, I I totally get it, man. And and as much as people be like, Oh, those people are fucking lazy. They don't want to work. I'm like, okay, dude, well, if you're getting the equivalent of 20 bucks an hour from the government to do nothing, why the hell are you going to go work somewhere for 1350 where you have to work your ass off? Like, I don't know if y'all have ever worked fast food. Like it's not an easy job. Like you're hustling. Like it's, it's, it's work. Yeah. Yeah, You know, just cause it's not a high skill labor doesn't mean it's not labor, you (laughs) know? Right. Yeah. People crazy. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, well, I, get I it. mean, even that, shoot, 14, my first job was McDonald's, and then I think 15, I worked at Texas Roadhouse. Um, that Both those jobs only lasted maybe a year. But, right. yeah, I mean, that industry. It's work, is, man. You clock in, you're sweaty, you're smelly, you smell like food. Well, you and know. I think a lot of – I feel like I like to put it in terms of, like, so when I was in property management, I worked a, a pretty good amount of hours. Shit, there may be some overtime in it, but the amount of minutes per hour I worked, nowhere near what you do in like fast food right. or uh, uh, teachers. Like the amount of minutes per hour a teacher work is stupid sure. compared compared to and, and shit. I made a lot more money working less minutes per hour. Like right. so, why not? Right, and, uh, I th- and I it's think the same thing with goes. the federal assistance. Yeah, that's how it goes. I think with any company. I mean, you know. Uh, I don't know how many other people I know uh, that are on here, but I used to be a district manager, so I ran the state for a orthopedic company for quite a while, and I did various other things. I mean, right. I've always been working two or three jobs at once, whether I own them or whether I work there, um, and now I have a total of four businesses, so I'm kind of spread out and diverse. Uh they're small things. They're more things I'm passionate about, Right. Um, but yeah, I, I see differences all over the place but yeah the the more you get involved in the corporate side the higher up you get the less hours you work the work you do make and the and the structure of it's different it's not physically taxing it's more mentally taxing i think the and you may work you you may work less minutes per hour but the work you do affects the bottom line a lot more which is 
why you get paid more. Um, the decisions you're making and the work you're doing are going to create sales and create revenue or the work you suck mm-hmm. at and aren't doing is going to lose the company a lot of money too. Um, so yeah, sure. it's just, just a different beast. Right. So, Hey, uh, Mr. Cody Robbins, uh, let's get you some lifter credentials out there. Okay. So you just had a meet. Yep. Is this, was this a total PR on this meet? I know, I know you hit a bench PR. It was. Um, yeah, take us through that. So, first and foremost, it's been, let's see, two years ago at uh, Christmas. I'm going to use everyone's name. Uh, that way everybody can get some notoriety because I, <laughs> I love all these guys. And these these are the people and the reasons why I'm even involved in, in powerlifting and running meets and all that. Um Chris was also with the federation I was with a while ago, and he moved on for the same reasons I moved on, which a lot of a lot of the older people uh, in that federation, or I guess more experienced, let's say that it has nothing to do right. with age, um, kind of moved on for similar reasons. But uh, and I mean, you that, can get into that or not get into that. I don't care. I threw a little shade at USPA last episode, just oh, about okay, okay. just just organizationally yeah. about not well, getting you know back me. with I don't, people. I don't but. like. I really don't <laughs> like to get super involved with that unless it's yeah. personal stuff, but uh, or personal conversations. But yeah. So, anyways, this guy Chris Smith, great guy. Uh, he owns Eating Barbell. Shout him out. Okay. Um, but yeah, he helped me get started. Really, with let me borrow equipment and all that. Well. We've hosted meets together, and I just like the way he does it. He's got a phenomenal crew. At the time, we were able to host IPL Worlds um, without having an actual world separate meet. Um, nice. And it'd be a local meet. So he did that for a couple years in a row, and that's where I got an 1880 or an 1881. I can't remember total. At nine, 198, right? At 198. 90 kilo. Yep. Damn. And um, so I was ecstatic. Things were moving up in that direction, and at that time – I, I was top 10 in the world on open powerlifting, um, or maybe it was powerlifting watch. I can't remember if right. there was a transition period between the two. Uh, and, of course, I was ecstatic for that. Yeah. And, you know, I knew a lot of – I was meeting a lot of people, and I was just kind of going in a direction where I was really happy with the way lifting was going. Um, the following year, I got invited to the Tribute. And uh, I'm not normally one to travel and do meets. I, I just like to be more local. I like to be totals more, totals more count the same. Yeah, and I just like to be more comfortable. I want my yeah. family to be able to come watch if they want to and things like that because those are more important to me. Right, and that's the reason I I do lifting. I like the relationships and the people and the yeah. community. So I like to like I said keep things local and small. Um, so yeah. So anyways, I I went down there. Uh, but it's like the tribute. So you're like, well, this right. is. It was cool, cool it's, to go it's, out. Yeah, and, definitely and an experience. Try that, and actually, you know, my mom came out there, which she hardly ever comes to any meets. Usually, it's my dad. Uh, so she flew down there. We stayed for a week. Uh, my wife, Kristen Robbins, was out there, obviously handling and helping with everything. Uh, and then Michael Coe, one of my really good friends, came out. So I had some people still come out, even yeah. though it's far away. And um, I just didn't have a a good meet. I think I got an eighteenth. 30 total and i hit like three or four out of nine lifts um wow we can call we can blame it on whatever you want i just didn't have a good day 
I took, uh, I tried some different approaches. Uh, we had an Airbnb down there. And if you've been to San Antonio or Texas in general, there's a lot of bugs. Uh. We, had, we had roaches in our Airbnb. <clears throat> so I didn't sleep. We had to switch rooms um, and figure all this stuff out. I took a thermogenics that I've never taken <laughs> while I was hey, cutting weight. Change everything, you yeah. know, the day of. That's well, super. <laughs> well, I, I was cutting weight and I was like, oh, you know, gotcha. They were like, hey, take this. It'll help you, you know, in the sauna, you know. Uh, sweat faster because normally I'm pretty lean at that point. Right. And I don't have much to lose. And it didn't hit me until nighttime. Oh, and, and then I, you're wired. Dude, I didn't go to sleep. <laughs> the night before Wayne's, I didn't sleep at all. I took three cold showers. I was butt naked on the uh, in the uh, on the couch in the front room watching TV while right. my wife was sleeping because I, I couldn't sleep. I was literally drenched. Just drenched and super uncomfortable. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> so I ended up weighing in. I don't even remember it was maybe 194 or something like oh, that. Oh, wow. Dang. And I just kept losing. Yeah, too big of a cut is a huge factor yeah, it was, for sure. It was six pounds overnight that I lost um, at that time because I was like, oh, well, you know, I'll wake up and, and be at 198. I like to just be right, right. there. And, uh, yeah, yeah, less recomp needed if you're so, right there. You know, whatever happened, whatever the reason it was, it just wasn't a good meet, you know, give or take. So, and that happens. It happens right. more than more than we'd like to say, but it's well, especially as you get good, it's like for all the stars to align and every lift be a PR and get a PR total. It gets harder the better you get. Sure, and you got a lot more weight on your conscience, and mm-hmm. mentality is a big game in this sport. So, um, so yeah, I mean, experience wise, it was cool. Um, just to be with some of the lifters, uh, it wasn't my favorite meet or anything like that, but uh, it was it was a great experience. I had a great vacation afterwards. That was yeah. uh, that was worth it all. I mean, we did a lot of stuff down there um, and made a lot of memories. So so that was fun. And then the following year, which was um, actually this December of 2020, um, I competed in Ohio at a local meet. Um, and for USPA as well, it was the first time that I asked somebody to help with my programming. Cause I've always been self-taught right. and I was just like, Hey, you know, let me take my mind off of some stuff. Let me just try. So just be uh, an athlete for a second and not worry about the coach piece. Right. Yeah. So Baxter up at East race muscle. Um, I've known that guy for a while and I just like, I like his energy at meets. Um, so I was like, Hey, if he'll come out, he'll be my hype man. That's almost just worth it in itself. Right. Right. And, you know, so we tried that out. We had about maybe eight to ten weeks. I can't really remember recalling exactly all of it, but it wasn't too long. Um, And then I got COVID. And the last two weeks of training. So I didn't train at all for two weeks. And I actually doubled 501, which was the best bench I ever did. Right. I know you basically ever since I met you, you'd been like shooting for 500 at a meet and then you'd like just barely miss it like right, right, every right. day yep. every day yep, yep, time. Yep. and i do it in the gym right <laughs> yeah, but then yeah. I, I couldn't execute it on the platform and it was just like i said that mental barrier mm-hmm. um so i got covid that literally i felt it the day after 501 um that i doubled that and i was up north at doug uh, and candy nostrants also they run great meets right they're uh they're family to us um but yeah so we did all that. We drove up there. We lifted. I got COVID. I didn't train for two weeks. And I started to feel better. I wasn't doing anything. Right. Um, and I had, like, flu-like symptoms. I threw up for, like, three days Ugh. off and on and things like that. But I got to a point where I was like, hey, I'll, I'll still be able to, 
to compete, and I right, want right. to. I even, you know, debated. Obviously. Well, it sucks to prep for like eight weeks to get sick for two and then not compete. Like you're not going right. to not compete, right? Well, if anybody knows me, I don't like to accept failure. Right. There's always a way to succeed, and it's okay to fail. Right, but there's we can always try a different approach or a different avenue, right? So right. I was like, hey, if I don't get out there and I don't experience that, I'm not going to have the experience next time to know what I'm capable of or what I'm not right. or what I should change or how I should do things different. So for me, I was like, hey, let's just go for it. Go so, for the learning experience at the very least, and maybe you'll hit some good numbers too. Right, right, yeah. right. So, uh, so I start feeling better. Energy's good or feeling feeling pretty good, honestly, especially for how I've been feeling. Uh, I wake up, I go to, down there, we do weigh-ins. I'm kind of tired uh, from doing weigh-ins and stuff, uh, but I'm still optimistic because I know the last few days I've been feeling actually great. Right. So uh, I wake up meet day, and for whatever reason, I must have just had some spurt of energy because I had no energy meet day. <laughs> I'm warming up, uh, weight's moving fine, and I just have no energy to even walk. So I'm walking to the bathroom, and I'm literally taking one. One step, one step. <laughs> and I'm literally just trying, and my wife's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I'm saving energy. I don't have energy. You know, like, it hit me all you're of a like, sudden. You're like, if I had like, a wheelchair, eh, a good your idea. ass would be pushing me. <laughs> right. So I literally opened on squat with something that I was in, you know, my mindset is if you can hit three or four reps of it, that's your opener. Right. And uh, I grinded it. I, I grinded it and I went up a little bit. Now, I if you op- it. <laughs> if you open too heavy, you've just been screwed. So, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. opening so it, opening light me. is so underrated. Yeah, that saved me. But long story short, um, I didn't have a great meet because of that. And right. I don't remember what my total was. It was eighteen something total again that I botched. Uh, and both times, I felt like you know I could have been nineteen fifty to two thousand. That right. was that was more my goal. Um, and this last meet. I told myself, I don't want any expectations. Now, I've been injured like everybody else. I got injured a couple years ago, and I still can't feel the outside of my right leg. Okay. So, um, that whole outer sweep, I can't feel to the touch. Was and that it, like a nerve thing? What, what, what yeah, happened Yeah, uh, I did something to my nerve. I never went and got checked out, right. so I don't know exactly <laughs> what happened. But um, that day in the gym, I mean, I laid on the ground. I couldn't even breathe. It hurt so bad uh, for hours, and then we finally got outside. I had to take different medications um, and things like that to get me back to moving again. But I just, that whole right side just has a problem activating and engaging and all that. The left side's great. So now I have an anterior pelvic tilt and all these things I'm always kind of keeping an eye on, as well as muscle issues and nerve issues. Um, So I wasn't expecting a whole lot with deadlift. Deadlift is the one that really... Takes the never, hit from that. Never yeah. came back um, fully. So I said, look, the last couple of years I've had all this stress and pressure. Well, and you let's put just be, most of it on yourself. This yeah. time you're like, dude, let's just go and do the yeah. shit I like I doing. I just want to have fun. I just yeah. want to have fun. So I said, hey, no expectations, no numbers. Now, obviously, I knew training was going good on squat. I was squatting things I've never squatted. I started trying to do a mono uh, meet and um you know so i started doing all that stuff i purposely was uh stopping squatting about an inch high to save save your hips yep yeah and you know everybody has their own mindset and i've heard people talk about you're gonna be able to hit depth you're gonna be able to do that and it's like bro i compete okay i know how to turn on and off the switch i've been an athlete since i've been four years old 
I haven't taken other than the high school. Uh, my sophomore year was the only year I took off of sports. I've right. always been an athlete. So my mindset on everything is you train for a reason and then you execute, but you practice, right? That's right. what we do. We practice every day. So, uh, yeah, to go an inch deeper, two inches deeper to make sure whatever to meet, never feel, an issue for I me. I feel that a hundred percent. So I squat is for sure my weakest of the three lifts. Um, I've had a hip issue in the past. I have a knee issue right now. I just don't enjoy it. I think is probably the biggest factor. Um, but yeah, man, I tell you what, when I, when I got to train out of a monolift instead of walking it out, um, and when I got to, um, you know, as I, as I get closer to the meet, my hips get tighter and like, I, I just, I can't hit depth like two weeks out from meet. I won't hit depth. I just can't. Yeah. And then I'll taper for two weeks and then depth is there. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I'm with you. And you know you, right? So, and that's part of it. You just got to stay confident in yourself. And if you know what you got to do, you'll do it. Right. Right. So, um, so that's kind of how I I started training and I was like, Hey, I'm going to work on overloading. I'm going to get my CNS and everything prepared. My tendons strengthened up and, and able to hit this weight. Um, and as everybody's prep, we've got things that are aching and tweaking, you know, what, my knees. Were what do you do for o- all that? What but, do you do for uh, overload on squats? Uh, well, I mean, in that regard, I was just squatting a little just, higher. So I could, okay, so you could do so a little I more weight, add more, gotcha. a little bit more weight. But um, honestly, more the camera angle than anything. I mean, I wasn't right. ever more than an inch. I even took side shots of stuff. I just never posted them. Right. Um, and it wasn't anything significant to balk at uh, other than, you know, maybe a rep here or there um, that I just stopped at or I didn't right. finish. Like on my second rep, I was like, nope, not going down all the way. Not a good <laughs> idea today. Hey, you only need to hit depth on the first rep <laughs> so, anyway. So. so, yeah. So other than that, it was just more about just having fun and trying new things. And I took a whole different approach to training. And I um, I started realizing, well, I'm, I'm getting older. Uh, I'm not old, but I'm getting older. Oh, how old are you? I'm 31. Okay. I was thinking so, 30s. I couldn't I, remember how far yeah, in that. So I'm just starting to get into the stage where I need to start figuring out you know, changing my recovery approaches and things right. like that. And that's why I love coaching myself. Uh, I just love learning about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's fun. It's exciting to always play around and change things and figure out, you know, who I am and what I'm capable of on my own. It's a big gratification. So did you do your own prep for this meet then? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've done my own prep for every meet. For everything except for that one. The, other yep. than the last one, yeah. So, um, so yeah, anyway, so um, – so all that happened, you know, bench was going good. Deadlift, honestly, I didn't even know what to open with because right. deadlift was up and down. I tried to change the conventional, and that didn't work. And then, you know, my back started hurting like it used to back in the day, and I was like, nope, we're cutting that out. So I did a lot of changes, and I still maintained well, and with the mindset that this is for fun. And I went out there. I had fun. I didn't think about numbers, right. which is why I only, I only missed one lift. Um, yeah, eight for nine is a great day, yeah. especially if you're an fourth, elite lifter. A fourth attempt on bench, that 512 was for a fourth. Oh, gotcha. Because I wanted to lock in 501. You wanted 501 for your third, yeah. so and you I could have it. Yeah, knowing <laughs> that we hit 512, I could have jumped right. to that. But it wasn't worth the risk. To me, I was like, let's get the numbers on the table, and then, hey, I can still say I did 512 in the meet Dude, that's, because I did. That's exactly so, how I was at uh, that meet where I hit 500 is – Shit, dude. The way it moved, I probably had like 515, 520 in me the way the second moved. But I was like, no, I came here for my ass to bench 500. 
uh-huh. I'm benching 500 right. and we'll do something better later, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah and, that, and that's what you got. I think that's the experience part that comes behind it. Yeah, because I don't want to get greedy. Right? I don't want to hit four eighty and miss five twenty when five ten or five hundred was yeah. there. Like, and it, it helps every little uh, pound that you can add to your total mm-hmm. helps at the end. So, uh, so yeah, so I ended up uh, with my second squat, which was seven twenty two. I went to seven forty nine and missed. Uh, I may or may not have been able to pull it out. I don't know. But normally in the gym, we use a Dynabody, which is what they're using at the meet. Right. And um, I'll lift on one setting for all of my lifts. And then once I get over really 700, the bar obviously, like everybody else, sinks a right. little bit sinks more. Um, or you sink down a little mm-hmm. bit more from the pressure, et cetera, just getting tighter. Uh, and I forgot to ask to lower the rack on the second attempt. Oh, gotcha. And when I lifted up, I couldn't get it off the rack on the right side, so I pushed up on my toes Oof. to lift it up. And then I just was off balance on the second one. Especially and, when you're dealing with bigger weights like that, having that weird hip shift just to, like, yeah. get the rep going, yeah, it'll mess, it'll mess you, up your and groove you can for sure. I watch my squat, and I kind of did a uh, two-part movement. So I came yeah. up, got stuck in the middle, then I finished. And if you watch all my training videos, I didn't do that that's on any that. of my lifts. Yeah. So, um, you know, whatever. Uh, it, that's that's what happened. Yeah. I feel great about it. I still got a PR. I yeah. had a great time. Uh, we benched. So I went from 418 on bench in the warm-up room. Then I did 464, I think, for open or something like that, 471. Then we jumped to 491. Then we did 501. Then we did 512 for a fourth attempt. Dude, and the 512 didn't even, I mean, like, you could tell it was heavy. But, I mean, you probably had a couple more in you, man. Like, it was was solid. I saw that, and I was like, Jesus. I attribute that (laughs) that part. So, And that's the other thing that attributed to having fun this meet. So... Uh, my sponsor, Good Lift. Um, so Erica Stevens, uh, awesome person. Um, she came out. We actually all stayed in the Airbnb together. I met some other people. I met Dan. Um, uh, we had just phenomenal group of people in the Airbnb yeah. that we stayed with. And everybody was super supportive. Um, some people were competing. Some weren't. But overall, you know, we had what? Six of us staying in this Airbnb, and right. it, it made a huge difference. I mean, we went to weigh-ins together, we ate together, we you know we didn't rest together, but uh, yeah. we were in the same house. And we I used to do that back in the day with my friends. We travel and compete, and that was part of just having fun. Dude, it's yeah, it's fun. Experience. It's like a little mini vacation with your dudes. Yeah. So all of that, and then them just being super supportive, coming out. My other sponsor, Muscle Mobility, which is in Carmel, which is. Um, just now, I'll go ahead and announce now, is another thing that uh, I just recently joined and, and got to be a part of. Oh, nice. Um, On, like, a business level? Yes. Nice. Yes. So, um, more about that soon, but uh, it'll be a – we're opening the doors November 1st, or expanding uh, November 1st. The doors are already open for medical and sports massage, uh, but we'll have PT, uh, personal training. We'll have uh, medical sports massage and other different forms of massage if you want sweet deep tissue things like that uh we use all different sorts of modalities 
everyone we have there is trained. Yeah, it's on, not on it's not just events. a PT shop or a massage yeah, shop. Looks so, like you got like a, a lot yeah, going and on. Yeah, we're certified cool. Sastum, Graston, Cupping, Infrared. We got a Chattanooga machine. So if you want your electrotherapy type stuff that you would get at rehab centers and yeah. things, that machine is there. We're putting a traction table or a decompression table uh, nice. for those who don't know in there, which there's not that many uh, in the state. There's only uh, I think two or three that I know of even here. So we've got a lot of stuff. We've got chiropractic going in there. And the thing that I love about what we're doing is it's not a, just a quick adjustment. Yeah. It is, he likes to spend an hour with his patients, um, and he does more of a PT approach to things. So he really gets down to working on what needs to be worked in the right ways, and then he adjusts at the end. Yeah, so ways um, to treat it, not... Not Correct. just like snap, crackle, pop, seeing a week. Yeah. So, and, and everybody does treatment plans afterwards. Uh, there's always assessments before on ev- everyone we have there really understands mm. from the ground level how to appropriately take care of the body. This isn't, we know our bodies are complicated. It's, right. We can't just do quick fixes, right? We have to really, really analyze things and work on things together uh, and take the time to, to figure out what's wrong and then focus on uh, fixing those issues with whatever modalities or ways we need to. But everybody under that roof is under the same mindset, continued education, etc. They've helped me with my knees, my wrist. I, I have problems with my left wrist with tendonitis and things like that. Um, and they sponsored me for a while before I even got involved. So uh, Michael Van Dyne and his wife, uh, Elizabeth came out who she's also sharing a pregnancy with my wife. They're a couple, oh, that's a couple fun. weeks apart, which is awesome. But they drove all the way out. They took care of me for the day. Anything I needed, they were there. He gave me a lift off on bench, which I'm going to attribute <laughs> my 512 to him because go. he wasn't at, at any Dude, of the good, other meets giving me a lift off. And this one he did, and I got it. So we'll hey, just call and it. it <laughs> and a good lift off matters, man. It can make or break you sometimes. I, so Or just the energy. You know, yeah, somebody's right. there and you're like, all right, they're here. It's time. It's go time. Well, and man, so much of it is that intangible stuff too. Like, I just remember, like, if I have if I have a lift where I stand up out of the rack with it, or like take it out of the rack for bench, if it feels light, it doesn't matter what's on the damn bar, it's right. going. But like something you've hit a million times will just come out of the rack and feel heavy, either because it's a shitty lift off or just for whatever reason that day. Not and, set up right, whatever. Yeah, and you'll miss stupid stuff, and it's all kind of. When it's you unrack it, that whatever happens in your brain is yep. like what's going to determine what happens after that. It's yep. crazy. Absolutely. So, I mean, I don't know. With with all those people, with the environment and everything that stacked up, I was able to get a 1907 pound total. Um, so that's like a 30 pound ish meat PR then? Yeah. And nice. I, I mean, honestly, yeah, if you look at it as well, if I would have changed the bench or I would have changed my squat, I could have added more. But honestly, the meat was about just falling in love with the um, experience, with the process, with just the A to Z part of meat prep all the way to the finish. And that's what I accomplished. And I feel like excited again to start training and figure out what my next meet is. And to me, that's what it was all about. I know. uh, Found the other cat. Yep, there she is. Um, (laughs) So to get, you know, into um, 
another meet now now i'm more motivated yeah um i think i'm gonna have a lot better prep i've learned some things i tried different things as far as cutting weight this time um which i'm always changing stuff anybody yeah, know yeah. me i'm changing stuff Experiment all the time on yourself that's yeah. how you learn man so um so yeah it got it got that fire lit back again i met some really cool people at the meet it was my first time competing with rps um and i don't care about Federation. I, I very much just, enjoy that federation. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm just going to, you know, I will say this for my my standpoint because I think a lot of people that might listen to you might have perceptions on, oh, well, I want to lift in this fed or this fed because of this person or this is the fed to go to for whatever right. reason. And honestly, just from someone with a different perception on it and experience obviously everybody can have their own mindset and opinions and i don't want to force that but just to challenge everybody to think about it doesn't necessarily matter the name on the banner it does to some degree for rules for you know equipment like if you're going to do mono or not uh, and then refing standards but that's not entirely all it is so part of your decision you can be be in one fed where like they have a, a certain reputation for having x style of judging sure but you go to a local meet it could be different i've been to uspa meets where i felt like the judging was super strict and i've been to uspa meets where i felt like they were like letting shit slide that was crazy and that's true for any fed i've been at right right so that's part of it should be your decision making then the other part is who's running the meet Right. Because that is I feel like that's as big of a unless issue. unless you're trying to qualify for like nationals or worlds in a specific organization, I feel yeah. like who's running the meet matters more than almost oh, anything for sure, else. Because Cause they're gonna they're gonna keep track of like who the refs are. They're, they'll make sure that they're good people or they'll make sure exactly. they're crappy people if they just don't have the connections exactly. or haven't done this. And a that's while. exactly what I was gonna get at. Yeah. It's the process. It's how do they set stuff up? Are they organized? You know, who are their friends in the sport? Because just because you know people that have a lot of followers, that have a lot of clout, that are good lifters, it doesn't matter the background. That does not mean they're business-oriented and can run and organize a meet that they can put it together. And just because they have a lot of followers and they're a good lifter doesn't mean that they're liked by people. Right. Liking someone on Instagram or Facebook or any TikTok or Snapchat or whatever doesn't mean that you have real life friends and support right so you may go out places and do meets and they just don't have the proper staff or relationships built to organize and run a good meet and then the other thing is just because it looks flashy doesn't mean the bare bones necessity part is there so when i feel like when you that happens a lot too people are like oh well that looks great i want to do it and then you get there and you're like some of the basic stuff like There's no AC, and it's 100 degrees in there. Mm -hmm. Well, who in the right mind? Now, I train in a gym with no AC, but who honestly wants to compete and max out on three lifts all day in a hot gym? If your regular training gym is sub-ideal for Uh for performance, it's okay. As long as it's consistent, you can still measure progress. But when you are looking to hit some PRs and, and have a good show, and you're paying 
a fair amount of change just to like if it's out of state you're paying for a hotel you're paying a hundred bucks for the meat you're paying sure. whatever the membership fee is for that federation like i feel like expecting ac isn't crazy right you know right um, and you want to have good climate conditions for you to like perform your best so yeah stuff like that matters yeah. and there's a i mean there's a lot of stuff i don't want to give out everybody's secrets and everybody's wanting <laughs> to meet a certain way but yeah i mean you have to really i i think the best thing to do is one Find some federations that you agree with their policies, with their standards, with their morals, because all of that stuff matters. Um, And, you know, not to go into anything with any federation or anything, because I don't want to be political, but make sure that, you know, you're surrounded by good people. And, you know, everybody hears things about all these people and all that. But, you know, knowing that people care, knowing that people go out of their way, knowing that people are doing these for the lifter, not just saying they're doing it for the lifter, that stuff goes a long way. And you got to be careful the interpretation and perception that Instagram and social media perceives because it's honestly on the back end. It's just like a lot of other things. It's it's not as it seems. Yeah. And I don't want to call people out and I'm not going to get into that, but just Find meat directors and federations both alike that you align with, right. that you truly understand, and that you agree with as a whole, and then pick those. Right. Um, because and then you won't be let down, and you won't have variances that you don't want to support. Uh, but yeah, just doing one federation, if you like I just did RPS, just to say, or USPC, because that's who I run meats for. Um, just because you go to my meat, per se, and then you go to somebody else's, there may be differences. Right. And you just need to know that that's why. Some of those things differ from meat directors, from For business sure. experience, from uh, running meats experience, things like that. Uh, now, USPC, one thing I like is we're congruent on the equipment and the setup we use. So you're not going nice. to find a big bunch of differences. But there's other feds that you go to one meat. It's set up one way. You go to another meet. It's completely yeah. different. You might have a 55-pound squat bar on one meet, and then yep. the next meet you got a 70-pound mastodon bar. Platform's <laughs> different. Racks are different. Bars are different. Yep. I mean, you know, so falling in love and understanding who the meet director is, what equipment they use, what the Federation's rules are, all of those you got to consider. Don't just be negligent and think about one thing. Take the time to kind of think about all of it and then go. Because if you want to, you know, have an optimal meet, which we all spend our time and money right. on, this, this isn't a, a big payment sport for most of most of us. It's a hobby and it's a passion. Um, you know, make sure that you're doing your due diligence and you're lifting in the right places because then you're going to have a great meet. And then you can sit here just like me uh, and say, well, I, I had fun. Exactly. Had a great time because that's really what it's about. Is yeah. you don't you're want to pay- worry about the little stuff. You don't want to pay a bunch of money to go do a hobby that you enjoy, and and it be like a super stressful, annoying, frustrating experience. <laughs> like, right, right. This is a hobby. It's supposed to be fun. Right. If you got judges yelling at you for something or whatever, don't support it. I mean, it, yeah. it aids in the stress of the meat, right? I've been to other federations or I've been around people. I've even been at meets that I've been refing at, and I've heard referees being snippy or being rude to people. And it's like, why? We right. do this for them because we want them to succeed and have a great time. And we're, we're providing that atmosphere. Right. And it's like, that's, that's what you should expect. Don't go back and do a meet like that because then now – you got yelled at, and I guarantee you, you're either pissed off, 
mm-hmm. uh, or you're thinking about it's gonna well, mess with I, your it's gonna mess with your head game going into your yeah, list. There's all yeah. those little things add up, and it's like just make sure you set yourself up for optimal success, whatever it is, and whatever ways you care about because you may not care about that stuff. Uh, I do. I right. like to be respected, and I like to give respect. <laughs> uh, but some people may not care. They may that may feed their ego. You right. know, I'm not an angry lifter. At anybody who knows me, I could put on. I listen to R and B mainly uh, in in rap. Uh, I grew up on funk in my household um, and R and B. So you know, I, I can listen to R and B and lift. Right. And it, most people don't, but they're like, "Why do you listen to that?" And I'm like, "Cause it makes me happy." Yeah. And I lift. You're like, I'm lifting. I don't, I'm I don't, happy. This isn't like my my rage therapy session right. here with the barbell. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and some people are like that, and that's what some people sure. use it for, and, and that's, that's cool. But that's great. Yeah. Whatever your outlet is, hone in on it. You yeah. don't have to be like me. Uh, you can have a different perception or avenue that you follow down, but find it and stay course. Yeah. You know, but for me, I like to be happy. You know, when I'm happy, right. I love better. I take care of my, my son and my wife better. I take care of myself better and my friends. So I just try to, to hone in on, on the happiness part as much as possible. Nice. Cool. We're at about 43 minutes. I do want to get into your actual training and kind of what your philosophies sure. are on that. Because I, I know you, you don't coach a ton of people. Basically, if you want Cody to coach you, um, you need to know Cody in real life because he's got other stuff going on. Not that he doesn't want to help you, but like, you know, he's got a life and, and things and powerlifting is just a part of it. So with your own training for you, like what, what does a week look like? I know we've talked about it in the past a little bit, but. So, um, yeah, to touch on that and yeah, coaching as well. Um, I wouldn't, I do coach. Um, I'm open to coaching people, uh, but I, I am not out here to coach. I don't right. want to be um, Joe Sullivan. Good, good guy, uh, good friend, or I wouldn't say good friend, but I've hung out with him numerous times. Um, we've got each other's phone numbers and all that, um, but good guy. Nothing against him. That's just not my market, right? I have different right, things right. going on in life. So I don't want to follow down that kind of footsteps where I'm promoting coaching, where I want to have 60, 70, 80, 90 clients. Um, but, you know, um, I do want to focus on individuals that are maybe more local or, or more in reach uh, and people that just really have a passion like I do. I, I don't mind working with people like that. I actually enjoy it. Right. Um, and I do it because I enjoy it. It's not for the money part. It's because right. if, if you're going to put the work in and you have the heart that I have in it, then, hey, let's work together because I don't want to hold information i have and i don't know everything we're all learning right but if i can share a couple things with you that might help i mean that's awesome and you know we'll try to to fit that in but with my training per se uh and even if i'm coaching people so myself i do three days a week i've done three days a week pretty much always i mean ever Uh, since i've known you yeah for powerlifting um i used to lift five days a week before powerlifting uh, but I do three. Now I've tampered around four days a week. I've tampered around doing muscle groups multiple times a week, etc. cetera. Uh, but really what works for me is doing uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I squat Mondays. I bench Wednesdays, and I deadlift Fridays. And then I do my accessories according, and I don't overlap things. So I make sure that I have plenty of time to recover before I start breaking down. And that's why I space it out that way. So when is, you're hitting your bench day, you're kind of crushing everything involved with the bench that right. day if you're not a hundred my my ideals on it if you're not a hundred percent in the gym why are you lifting 
Right. You know, you should make sure that your muscle fibers, your tendons, ligaments, everything are fully healed before you break them down again. Otherwise, you're doing a disservice to yourself. The weight's not going to move the same. You're putting yourself at risk for injury. And we all know injuries and minor setbacks are going to happen constantly, especially when you're moving weight like we move. Yeah, almost no matter what you do, at a certain level, you're your body just doesn't enjoy benching over right. 400 pounds which, very often. But you got to you got to <laughs> do your due diligence yeah. and you know uh, be conscious about those things and try to do the best that you can. So uh, so I agree with that kind of concept. I will program people to do 4 days a week if they want, but I will never do more than 4 days a week. Uh, recovery is king if you ask me. Um, so that's kind of what I emphasize on uh, as well as with you know, diet, nutrition, and all that kind of stuff. That's a huge part as well as sleep. Um, But, yeah, so that's kind of my general um, concept. And then now, more or less, um, at my stage, so I believe in two different concepts with lifting. Now, everyone's different, so Mm -hmm. this doesn't go across the board. Uh, I'm not naive in that, but for the majority of the part, the more experience you have, and the stronger that you are for your body weight, not right. just overall strength, um, you need to do less work, right? So right. I don't need to go out, and I don't need to do five sets of five on squat. There's no reason for me to do five sets of five. Right. This last prep I did, I went up, and I think the most repetition I ever did was four, maybe five reps total on a set, and I only did one set. So I did one top set. So on you'd squats. warm up and then hit a top set. Yeah, I'd warm all the way up, and I'd do one top set and then nothing else. And guess what? I PR'd. I grew. I didn't have any issues. Um, to me, the, the the older I get, the more mature my, my muscles are getting and my body is getting with, with lifting. Uh, I've realized that I don't necessarily need the practice part. That's where the repetition right. comes in is the practice part. And I found myself the more – reps that I do, the more fatigue I am and the more uh, prone for injury I am. Dude, so I had to back off of that concept. You're preaching a hundred percent. Like yeah. that's, that's what my training has gone to. Like I'm, I'm four days a week, but my coach that I work with, it will essentially work up to a top set on whatever lift we're doing. There'll be maybe two or three accessories. Um, and then I, I bench heavy every other week. I overhead heavy every other week. I squat heavy every other week, and I deadlift heavy every other week. And then every third week is like a 70% week on everything. Gotcha. Because I'm old as shit, and I get hurt easy. Right. Well, so so just like you, you took the time to figure all this stuff out. So me too. So what I started doing was taking different uh, ideals from different sports. Mm. So like bodybuilding, for instance. Uh, I train in the gym uh, at Barkus Fitness um, with Ben Barkus, a friend of mine who's a pro, and there's – there's literally probably 10, 12 different pro bodybuilders in there. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them, you know, I know um, on a personal level. I've known other bodybuilders uh, that I still keep in contact with, like Michael Lockett and people like that. So I've got a lot of experience, like, watching them, talking to them about different uh, concepts and things they use. So I started relating those things to lifting as far as powerlifting goes. And, yes, they're not the same. Right, But we have similarities that we can take concept-wise and we can kind of alter them a little bit and fit them in where we're at. So I believe in doing powerlifting training and then bodybuilding second. Um, that's, one, I like the look of it, the way I yeah, look. Yeah. Two, I feel better. 
Uh, three, I feel like I'm actually building the stability and the foundation of my body uh, to handle the heavy weight. Um, so, so when you say bodybuilding movements, are you saying like as far as rep range, or are you talking like more like actual kind of bodybuilding, actual like isolation work, yes. stuff like yes. that? Yep. Yes, everything I do after I do my main movements is that. But I started taking their ideas, and I said, well, how, how many times do we hear powerlifting say, uh, you're ready for a deload week, right? Right. Well, I start asking myself, why do I need a deload week? Bodybuilders don't deload. Right. They come in the gym. They hit it hard. Every, every, or any of them that are really serious hit it hard, right? Uh, every time they come in the gym and they're lifting all the time, they're lifting multiple times a day. And, yeah, they have ways to do that the way they structure it. Right. But still, they don't need to have these special weeks that we need to have. So I started thinking, well, why do we really need a deload week? And it's more for CNS fatigue and things like that. Right. So I started changing my concept to lifting one heavy set and then doing accessory movements to build the rest of my legs. So quad development, hamstring development, et cetera. And all the heads and everything that are included in those muscle groups to really target all of those. That way I'm not loading and compressing my spine and all this stuff over and over. So you're not doing heavy heavy and volume like a 5 by 5 whereas if you were doing that, you would probably actually need a deload. But since you're just getting the CNS cueing from like, a heavy set at sure. the top, you're getting that adaptation, but you're not killing yourself to the point where you're going to need a deload. Is that right. kind of the thought? Right. Nice. And I mean, I didn't take a deload this prep. Nice. I mean, um, I, I felt great going into the meet other than, you know, I had some issues with my knees being all sore, but that happened from, you know, me doing conventional. I don't know what I did. Oh, yeah. I did something. I why I was being dumb. I know what happened. <laughs> uh, I was being dumb, came in the gym and was like, I wonder if I can do conventional. It's been, you know, a year and a half. So I picked up 650 that first day, and then I did it for another three weeks, and I realized now my knees are jacked up and my lower back is. Well, my lower back healed, my knees didn't, and then the more weight I put on squat and things just yep. aggravated it more. Well, and the way you squat, <laughs> so, so you're a pretty narrow squatter, yeah. um, which, which makes sense because then if you do conventional, it's just a lot of that narrow stance um, <coughs> um, knee engagement, for lack of a better term. Yep. Um, whereas sometimes people who squat wide and pull sumo, their hips just die. So yours is kind of like the opposite. So you're a narrower squatter. So for me, like a recovery standpoint, it would make sense to pull sumo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it helps. <clears throat> it helps with back fatigue. It helps with all that. <coughs> Excuse me. You're good. Choking on this water. <clears throat> so, um, so yeah, I, I mean, really I analyze everything in life but when it comes yeah. to training i just kind of think think about those things and i change those little things up and try to incorporate and figure out what works best for me so i can have that optimal training session like we were talking about with competing and everything else it's just setting yourself up in the best possible situation to succeed and whatever that is right it doesn't matter if it's the normal thing to do or not it's just about finding what works for you and if you're going to have a coach or you're going to coach yourself, it should be about that. It, it, it shouldn't be any mainstream uh, particular concepts. You use the concepts to try, 
but yeah. you're but not after you do it long saying, enough hey, you this should... is what you're doing yep. because everybody does it no it's this is what we're doing because it's reacted positively mm-hmm. to you and i got this idea who cares where you got it from but that's you know right. you use it in that regard so i just do those things for me and i've i've personally found like found some success in them i mean shit and, you're 198 hitting 1900 total so yeah <laughs> hopefully we can continue to grow that but uh, dude you know what's crazy you know? Um, we were talking earlier in the podcast when you and I kind of first sure. linked up and started to get to know each other. You were like a top 10, 198 with not the total you have right now. Yeah. You have gotten stronger, put up more numbers. Jesus Christ, I just can't believe how fast the sport is like yeah. growing and how much better. Because you're strong as shit. I mean, you got total me by, you know, at least 100 pounds right now. And, uh, but like you're like 25 or something now on the all times. Maybe which is which is still I mean don't get me wrong that's still awesome I looked up uh, the men and women raps and raw and then just the men raps and raw of all time so I looked those two up I didn't look up the one ninety eight but I take your word for it but yeah I I mean I I think I think I can't remember it was somewhere around there I didn't yeah I'm no you're you're probably right but I I was like damn I thought he was top ten and I'm like well Jesus everyone got stronger yeah and and that's the funny thing you rewind two years ago and we were in a whole nother environment yeah and I remember competing with guys now like uh you know Chad Pinson was one of the guys yeah I was like him and I were talking back and forth for a while and we're like hey we need to compete together because him and I were kind of we could have went either way one of us could have won the other could have won depending on the day and now look at him I Honestly, Over two thousand, right? Like twenty one, twenty two, or something like that. Has a, I believe he's got a twenty one ninety nine. Yeah, because uh, it's like him and Hack are like top two yeah. right now on that, right? Yeah. And honestly, I'm not ever going to do that one ninety eight. He is incredible for how much strength he has. Yeah, and how it's, much he put on in the last I couple mean, of years it, too. It's absolutely remarkable. Um, so kudos to him. You know, he just he took off. If I if I yeah. can figure out the secret and uh, and, <laughs> and sip on some of that sauce myself, find the keys to so the back to speak, cave. Yeah, what what the regimen is like for training and his protocols and all that. Great, uh, but but good for him. You know, well, and uh, regardless, man, your total's still moving up. So it's not like. Sure. It's not like, oh, I totaled 1880 and I was the shit, and like now I can't even hit that. Like well, You're, you're so, still moving in the right so direction. If so. I added 30 to 40 more pounds in my total, which is which is definitely... Definitely doable, because... I could have did it this last yeah, week. Yeah, I was going to say, if that, if that so, 512 count, counted to your total, and then if that squat went, like oh, that, yeah, that was it. I would have had, yeah, 1940-something. Yeah. So if I would bump up just that much... I believe that would probably put me in about top 10 range. Yeah. All of us are crammed in there. Um, And there's a lot of people that are right there, like Papa Bear Rogers. He's right there. There's a lot of other people I know that were all right there. And any one of us. Anyone moves their their total one pound, you jump like four spots. Yep. Yep. So it's pretty cool to know. And it gives you some, you know, I guess something to work for. Yeah. uh, For the next one. But, yeah, I mean, people like Hack and and Pinson. They're uh, they're in a whole other league, and uh, we'll let them duke it out for, for who <laughs> right, wants that. Right. Uh, if I could be up there, I'd be joining them. But uh, you know, right now, just like everybody, just like they're doing, they're focusing on them. They're not focusing on everybody. Else. Yeah. And, and this is about you. This is yeah. There's only so much you. you can do. Like at some point, it's like you're just strong enough, or you're or right. you're not to to hang at that level. And 
doesn't mean you can't keep pushing for that level, but right. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. So I've been, you know, uh, I had a couple words with, uh, Rogers after this meet and, you know, he had a meet where he got injured in recently mm-hmm. too. Um, so we may try to figure something out to do together or at least separately, uh, I believe he's got about a 2K total in him as well at 198, yeah. and it would be awesome to, to kind of get on the board with some of these guys. And if we could go head-to-head just uh, to push each other, motivate yeah, each other a little sure. bit, cool. Uh, but that's my next goal is to try to figure out how close I can get, get to, to that attaining 2K. that. And I think it's there. I've been uh, – my training partner, Mark uh, Conover, yep. I don't know if you know him. Curly uh, hair, right? Yep. 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 Uh, people think we're brothers. I guess on uh, <laughs> on my white side, that's my brother. Uh, but yeah, he's a great dude, um, and he's got some big things promised too. I mean, he's he's got a nine hundred squad. Yeah, I was gonna say he's a big squatter. <laughs> yeah, he's got a five seventy five ish at least bench, maybe even more by the end of training. We'll see. But he's been throwing out maybe competing in December. Okay, uh, and he, you know, he wants me to compete with him, and I want to compete as well. I mean, cool. that's enough time. Yeah. yeah, it'd be cool to go down that road. So, I want to get my knees back in shape, um, the tendonitis in my wrist uh, back together, and then hopefully, you know, hit the ground running again and see what we can do. Yeah, um, but that'd be cool just to get back on the platform in the year, and then you know, our baby, uh, my wife's pregnant, uh, nineteen weeks pregnant. Yeah. Now. So, so when she did, that'll be like January. a little after that. Okay. January yeah. 30th. So the plan is, and me knowing how it is to have a baby. Right. Uh, with this business growing um, and all of that and the baby coming, really next year. It's uh, gone. End of this year <laughs> is going to be really hectic. But even getting into next year, there's a lot more things that are mm-hmm. going to take immediate attention. So it might be cool just to step on the platform. One more time, one knowing more that time. next year is going to be tough. Yeah, and you know what? I want to do the same concept. I don't right. want to worry about the total. I I would like to get that as a total. I'll say that, but I just want to have fun again. And really, it's not about if I if I had a seventeen hundred pound total, so be it. As long as I can go there and I can smile and I can walk away with good positive memories, that's to me. That's what that's what it's all. About. Yeah, let me know what so, meet you guys are going. I'll at least go meet bitch for you or something. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll let you know. Uh, we've been looking at a couple uh, local, um, and actually Mark's the one who's been looking, so I haven't cool. really explored all options. Uh, but I know there's some in Ohio coming up in December. So I'll just, you know, I'll let you know yeah, what, we, posted, what we nail down, and, and we'll figure it out. But they're all, like like I said, within range. You know, yeah, I, don't like to I, I, pre- I like that. Travel too far. <laughs> it's, easy, it's just easier, you know. So. I think there's a December meet, an all-girl meet in Ohio that I have. Three or four ladies lifting at, so we'll see. We'll make sure it's not that weekend. But what weekend is that? <laughs> ah, December second, fourth. It's 4th. like early December. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I think that's one date he threw out was okay. the fourth. Well, uh, hey, I mean it's your me. Do yeah. what you want. But if it but if it's not that weekend, <laughs> hey, don't I'll, worry, I'll don't worry. Ahead. I would do what I want anyway. But yeah, uh, for sure, I'll let you know. And if we can work it out, if it works, you know, yeah, that'd be awesome. So cool, man. All right, well, uh, so mention your sponsors real quick and uh, Instagram and all that fun stuff. And uh, then yeah, I'll so close uh, Instagram is Newegro, uh, N E W E G R O. 
Um, or you can search my name, Cody Robbins, and Robbins is with two Bs, so R-O-B-B-I-N-S. Uh, either way, we'll pull it up. Uh, I do have Facebook and all that. I hardly ever get on Facebook. Right. I feel like every time I get on there, I've got 20 messages, and people are asking me questions related to my story that automatically repost from Instagram, and right. I'm always so far behind. I'm like, wait, what story was this? <laughs> so, uh if you, if you do try to follow me on there, don't be offended if I don't react. Instagram, I'm on there daily. Um, so check me out on there. And then sponsors, uh, of course, we have Waffle House, like we mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. uh, so, so keep an eye out for them. Good Lift um, is a huge sponsor. Um, so you'll always see me wearing and representing them. I love what they stand for. They do a lot of charity stuff. Uh uh, and awareness. So whether it's Black History Month, uh, whether it's breast care, cancer awareness, uh, whether it's domestic violence, uh, whether it's, you know, gay um, and LGBT Pride Month or whatever it is. They're always involved. They're in always involved yep. in just supporting the community. And there is, um, you know, there's there's no. um discredit to anybody out there they're right. for the people if you're a human being and you're a positive person they support you yeah uh, and i i love that about them because that's that's how that's kind of how you roll yep yeah. so uh yeah so um them and then obviously muscle mobility which i talked about earlier they're in carmel indiana um if you're looking for phenomenal care and service from them um, if you're an athlete, if you're not an athlete and you've just got issues going on, I promise you, and I'm not just saying this cause I'm involved. I've been a believer before I've even been yeah, involved. before you were involved with them. You were a customer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great people in the industry like Todd McDougall, who's a chiropractor and several other people I know. Uh, but from overall experience for getting your body right in a full total package, nobody has it better than muscle mobility that I've personally gone nice. to, especially in this area. So if you're looking for a great quality recommendation, if you're really trying to get your body back and not waste money on trying mm-hmm. all these different avenues just to try things out, go in there, try it out, uh, reach out to me if you uh, if you want to get in there, if you yeah, want a discount or something to, to get in there, in there, let me know. Uh, we'll see what we can work out just to get you in there and to try it out. Um, but, yeah, so those are my sponsors currently. Yeah, I'll drop them in the description too so you yeah. guys can have links and stuff in the show notes. Yeah, so that would be awesome. Um, and then you can find us at Meathead Chatter on Instagram and at strongman underscore Dan is me. Um, hop over to our Patreon. We offer a couple options there. Um, just show sponsorship if you like what we're doing and want to um, basically uh, pay for my gas when I come down here to do podcasts and stuff. <laughs> that'd be that'd be cool. Uh, we do also offer two thirty dollars memberships: uh, one for powerlifting, one for strongman. That'll get you f- template programming week by week. So check it out, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later.